Dr. Amalia Gonyas-Malka. Welcome to Womanity, Woman in Unity, the show that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggles for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights, democracy, racism, socioeconomic class division, and gender-based violence. Today, we are broadcasting from the studios at the Pan-African Conference in Midrand, Johannesburg. Joining us today from the Kingdom of Lesotho is Mamopone Emily Sanuwane, who is a member of parliament of the Lesotho National Assembly. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to have you on board. And to begin with, can you tell us a little bit about how the conference has progressed and what some of the key takeouts are that, that you want to take home with you? Oh, there are so many, many, many things, important things and topics which have been discussed in the plenary uh, since we came here last week. It, we have been busy uh, discussing maybe reports were given uh, to us by the members of uh, committee, different committees. So those reports were very, very important to us. I think we'll have to look um, look at them and see uh, what they entailed and just to go back to our parliaments. And do you have a specific focus or interest within the space, such as the Women's Caucus or the Youth Caucus? No. Women's Caucus, to me, is my baby. Um, but unfortunately, this time, we didn't have it because of, of time. Uh, it was postponed. So, yes, sorry, we, we as women, we didn't have to sit together and discuss our, our problems and all those things concerning women. Uh, but what we had during this session um, it was about um, girls' education. It was very interesting. It was a very interesting topic um, where all countries were encouraged to see that all girls, especially out-of-school girls, are encouraged to go back to school. As you know, when we educate a girl, we educate the whole world. Girls are mothers. They are the ones who bring um, changes in the families. So that topic, I liked it most. Um, but though my country, in my country, Lesotho, girls are, are very supported as far as education is concerned because our government introduced free primary education in 2002 and all all children, boys and girls, uh, were compelled to go to school. And as you can see now, as far as educa uh, uh, girls' education, now girls are more educated than boys. They go to school in huge numbers, uh, more than boys. It's such a significant point that you raise, and especially when we look at it from a primary level, because that provides the base level of which they can grow and excel. 
UNESCO, for instance, has a number of studies where they demonstrate that for every additional year of school that a girl receives, she will yield an increase of 10% on her earnings. She is less likely to fall pregnant. If she does have children, her children are looked after. And it's just a positive cycle. Uh -huh. And... And there was a, a, a resolution was made in the plenary that all countries should not expel girls from schools even when they are pregnant. They should be kept in schools until they go to deliver. So that was very interesting. It's wonderful that you say that because just last week we had a conversation with Minister Susan Shibango of Social Development for South Africa and she spoke about programs that they're calling Second Chance as being programs that for girls who have fallen pregnant that we bring them back into the system because then they become economic contributors. They are not reliant and dependent on the state. Mm, because they are mothers, they have to raise their young ones. What if they are expelled from schools? What kind of mothers are they going to be? Who will take care of their babies? Um, and what kind of babies will we have in future if the mothers are not educated? Because the mothers, as you know, are the hearts of the families. Looking at education as one dynamic towards empowerment of, of girls and then as they grow up to become women in Lesotho, can you tell us about some of the other programs that are perhaps in play? Concerning girls? Oh, now, now, now in our schools, uh, especially tertiary schools, we can find girls being involved with subjects. They... Um, involved with subjects which were believed to be done by by men but nowadays girls um, are capable of doing those like ensemble sciences technology you'll find girls very devoted and those are the jobs of the future yeah, and those are the, the jobs of future that's because you, they are just striving to be the leaders of the country in years to come. That's why they think they're trying their best. And I can address components from a South African point of view, but I'd love to hear things from, from your opinion on, on Lesotho. One thing which has always struck me is that Women uh, participating in the labor force is, is vital. It's important. They're making contributions to themselves, to their homes, to the economy. But yet, what I've seen is time and time and again, if a woman is doing the same job as a man in South Africa, on average, her salaries and earnings are 23% lower than her male counterparts. No, it's not like that in our country. If you are holding the same position like a man, with the men, you are paid the same. No discrimination. Well done, Lesotho. <laughs> Thank you. What would you say are, are perhaps some of the gaps in Lesotho that, that women need to make inroads, uh, whether it's in the political space, whether it's in the educational space, judiciary? Um, as far as politics is concerned, I think we have difficulties. Now we are faced with problems and challenges. There are no... Um, Women 
we are still encouraging young women to join politics, but you can see they are reluctant. They seem not to like politics, you know. They tell us many things. As we can go to the parliament of our, our country, uh, there are few women compared to men. Even those who maybe won the elections in 2017, you can be amazed. Only few, few women won the uh, constituencies compared to men. So that's one of the challenges that we are facing as far as politics are, are concerned in our country. You're a politician. Yeah. I'm a politician. And I won a constituency. I was elected. Yeah. Can you tell us how, how you got into politics? What the reasons were underlying that? <laughs> I think I... <laughs> I like politics. Yeah. I like politics. I like to, to, to just to, to debate, just to say no when something is not good, just to confront people, especially leaders. I'm not afraid of confronting leaders. So sometimes you'll have to, that chance when you're a politician. You know when you are far away there, you can't be able just to, to get it, maybe to come close to the, to the leader maybe the prime minister or whoever is the leader, just to say, no, what you are doing is not right. Let's take this way. So I, I, I looked at all these professions. Yeah, I was a teacher and said, no, I think it is not enough to, to end up being a teacher. I need to go forward and be a politician so that I can maybe do something better, make changes. Yeah. And politics is the place where you've got the power to make changes, to, to formulate policies. That is true, especially policies which where women are concerned. We are there in the parliament together as women. We have what is called the Women's Caucus in our parliament, um, where we meet as women so that we can go into the parliament and, and move the motions. Can you tell us about some of the policies or some of the motions that you consider to have been significant that you, you managed to take to the table? Yeah. We tabled um, the motion of sexual harassment, violence. Um, it's one of the, the major concerns in our country. You know, women are being raped. Women are being killed. Women are being robbed. That's a, a disaster. So I think we are faced with that. So we, we are trying to make them discussing this as women. And fortunately, our country is undergoing the reform the reforms, I think the, the law will be just forceful for, on those who are harassing and violating the, the women. It's a major problem that we are facing in our country. It absolutely is. And it's not just in Lesotho. I read some astonishing statistics in South Africa. If you can bear with me, I just, oh, that's the wrong place. I wanted to, to share those with you. So from a South African point of view, 
Over 90% of sexual offences are committed against women. Mm. It's estimated that almost 30% of those crimes go unreported. And within the last 10 years, there have been 584,500 assault cases reported to the police. And in response to these statistics, there was a, a recent conference on women's rights where they made an announcement for a new training initiative which intends to roll out across the continent and it aims to empower women and girls and prevent them from becoming victims by giving them skills and knowledge to deal and defend themselves against attackers. But more importantly, to build their self-esteem and help them acknowledge and know that they can do something about themselves and about their, um, their colleagues to prevent becoming victims. What are your thoughts about the importance of teaching women and girls to defend themselves to prevent these occurrences as a part of a way of being able to addressing violence against women and girls? You, you know, it's very sad because this, the violence is um, mostly are in, the, in, the, in their families. They are being violated by their husbands and culture maybe forbids or hinders them to to be strong. But then they, we are starting just to empower them, especially young women. They need to be empowered. Culture, our culture, is that uh, women are still taken as, as children of, of their husbands. No, so I think if they can be empowered, in that area, uh, they'll understand that they they are they are people, not objects, uh, and they are married to these uh, husbands. They are married, not reared by them. I think we are yeah we have started. Uh, the the women's caucus was not long ago established. Yeah. I think uh, it is trained by all the, by all its means to to do its work. And one of the things that UN Women highlighted was they said for a long time we've been having conversations with women. We have all been talking about our rights. We've been talking about how to defend ourselves and how to overcome things. But they said we also need to start having conversations with men because they are the ones that are inflicting this harm on women. Mm. Are you also running parallel types of, of conversations? Yeah, they are running parallel because when we are, as, a, as, a, as an MP in my constituency, I think because my constituency is far away from it's at the remotest area of the country, um, when making uh, public gatherings, I have to to discuss things first with men. But because I'm a woman, they just say, oh, would like us to be like your husband, <laughs> you know, and have discussions separately with, with, with women. Um, but I have to be very, very aware that what I'm, I'm, I'm discussing with women uh, will not have a negative impact to their husbands when they go to to their homes. That's a delicate balance. Ah, it is indeed. Indeed it is. Have you got any secrets you can share on, on how you're managing that? 
managing to discuss with them separately. Uh -huh. we, you know, as women, we have many occasions. Just go have an occasion together. That's why we discuss our things as women. Try to empower other women and show them what they should and what they shouldn't do, what they should or they shouldn't allow. Uh, for an example, you know, uh, HIV and AIDS is a problem, mainly a problem in our country. So just to avoid it, we are encouraging women just to encourage the husband to use the, the, the condoms and those things, you know. We are trying by all means to do that, but separately from, from the husband. Today, we're talking to Mamo Ipane Sena Uwane, who is a member of parliament of Lesotho and also a member of the Pan-African Parliament in Midrand. We would love to hear your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Hi, my name is Yvonne Chakachaka and I'm UNICEF and Rollback Malaria Goodwill Ambassador. You are listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in the struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy. A program against social ills such as racism, socio-economic class division and gender-based violence. Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amalia Balka every week on this day at this time. So today we've spoken about education as being a critical element and something that the government has embraced and rolled out freely. We've spoken about the economic aspect where women are on equal terms with their male counterparts the role of technology and science as being careers of the future. Mm. Unfortunately, on the political side, things are, are not where we'd like them to be. Yeah. And culturally, on, on the home front, you're looking at driving interventions where women are not considered minors in their homes with their husbands. Mm -hmm. You tap briefly on, on HIV and AIDS from the health point of view. And one of the programs that I thought was quite fascinating from a South African point of view was distribution of sanitary protection for, for girls when they're on menstruation to help keep them in schools. Do you have any interventions like that in Lesotho? Yeah, yes, we do have that. Our, our, our queen, Her Majesty, is very dedicated on, the, on that. Um, she she goes around the country giving the sanitary pads to the needy uh, girls. Uh, she does it very, very well. You know, it's her, it's her job to do that. And some organizations do help her. Yeah, because that had a, a very negative impact as far as girls' uh, education was concerned. During their menstruation days, they didn't go to school, you know. They had to be at home for three or four days, then to come to school. But the time is gone. So our king, our our queen, realized that, and she she is very excellent in doing that thing. And you know, when you say that three to four days, it's almost a, a week in a month. Yeah. That means that it's. 
25% of her school year that she's not, not in school. You can never, ever catch that up. So that is very true. So the Queen, since she, she implemented that, and the, the sanitary, pets, sanitary pets are, are kept at schools and they are given to, to those needy girls during the menstruation period. That's a fantastic initiative and truly, truly so vital. Our program, Womanity, Woman in Unity, is all about gender equality, which increasingly is becoming a, a global focus, and that's why we have these conversations to raise awareness of these issues on both the, the challenges and successes that, that women have experienced and continue to face. Do you think that, in reality, a case of 50-50 representation across the spectrum, whether it's government, business, education, is achievable? Yeah, it can be achievable. It can be achievable because some of some of the um, African countries have already achieved that. For an example, we were in Rwanda. Rwanda is an example. Why not other African uh, countries? Uh, in Rwanda, you see, you see in in Parliament, that's women are more than are more than men, and we can copy those good things from other countries, as far as. Um, politics are, are concerned. Uh, in my country, we are trying, because in high positions, we still have uh, I mean, women who are at high positions. Mm -hmm. You're right. Rwanda does set the shining example. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I think in the world, globally, they are leading in terms of, of female representation. Mm -hmm. That's what we observed because we were, we were in, in Rwanda last year as parliamentarians from PMP, PAP. And we were very surprised. Yeah. It's definitely a country I would love to visit. Yeah. Increasingly, we are becoming more technology-driven and having the right infrastructure for in information communication technology is, is critical from cell phone networks through to internet-based and empowerment components. You mentioned that your constituency is, is in a very remote area. How are how would you foresee the rollout of, of internet access and, and services to rural communities? Yo, to my community, it's very, very difficult just to achieve those things, I think, because we don't have electricity. There is no electricity. Even in my village where I, I, I live, I, I have to, to just to to charge my, my, my phone with the, the solar panel. I have to buy the solar panel. And what more about the other people? We are still faced with that challenge. No internet. Um, it's very hard in my constituency. We are still struggling. Still struggling. One positive thing about challenges is that they're there for us to resolve. So I, I do hope that in the future that, that that problem abates. So the challenges are there, but we are trying. I think today the government is trying to solve, but we don't know when because um, 
<laughs> it seems to be difficult. There, there are schools there, um, and most of them don't have electricity, so it is very hard for our children just to, to be computer literate, except, I think, some few where there is electricity in towns. Today, we're talking to Mamo Ipane Sena Uwane, who is a member of parliament of Lesotho and also a member of the Pan-African Parliament in Midrand. We would love to hear your comments on Twitter at Womanity Talk. Hi, this is Lira, South African Afro soul singer and songwriter. You're listening to Womanity, Women in Unity, presented by Dr. Amelia Malka on Channel Africa, the voice of the African Renaissance, a program that celebrates prominent and ordinary African women's milestone achievements in their struggle for liberation, self-emancipation, human rights and democracy. In the previous segment of the conversation, we spoke a lot about what's happening in Lesotho from a perspective of empowering women and girls. What I'd like to ask you is more from a personal perspective. It's one of the questions that I ask all my guests on the show who've made tremendous achievements in their respective fields. And that is, what do you think have been some of the underlying factors to your success? I told you that I was a teacher and a very strong teacher, I can tell you. So I, I applied for the early retirement and many of my students, see me staying at home doing my work, came to me and said, oh, mom, can you please go to the parliament and represent our constituency? Because we know how strong you are, you know, all that, that, blah, 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 blah. So because I love them and I want to be the role model, especially of a young woman, I accepted that and I went. So you are in encouraged by your community? Yeah. I was encouraged by my community. I was. <laughs> and if I can ask you, thinking back in your life, who have been some of the strong women? The strong women in my country? People who you consider to, to have had an influencing effect on you. Yeah, when you say the the people, I was raised up my my grandmother, my grandmother, my father's mother was a very strong woman though she wasn't educated, but um, she had skills of how to raise up uh, girls to be strong girls. I still miss her. Uh, I was encouraged a lot by her because. She would tell me that no one is a failure in this world. You would say that. When I came from school and say, no, at school, then I said, no, go to school. Look, tomorrow you are going to school, and I know you'll have to, you'll do better. Yeah, she didn't believe that on earth there was a failure. During those times, that's why I, she, she really empowered me. She really empowered me a lot. Yeah. 
That's a great anchor and, and strong value to have. So clearly grandmother was, was a very important influence in your life. Can you share with us some of the, the pivotal moments in your life growing up? Since I was uh, <laughs> a young girl, wherever I was, my, my friends would choose me to be their leader. Even when I was at school, I was always chosen as a um, maybe class monitor, a prefect. Uh, I was always a leader. So see me where I am now. I'm also a leader. That's why. That's why I started. So leadership is truly in your DNA. What would you say, given your experience, your your learnings? If you could give one lesson to the ladies that are listening to us, what would that be? Uh, to the young ladies who are listening, they still have time. They have time to do things they like. What they need is uh, self-esteem. They should be confident. They shouldn't be afraid uh, as women because this is our, our world. We would like to see here in Africa having maybe presidents, prime ministers, being women. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? But how, how do we get there? How do we, how do we echo what Rwanda's doing? And um, I, I can say that in schools, um, the life skills uh, education is trying to be is going to be taught in our in most of our schools in my country. That's where now they are they are studying. So the life skills will help them a lot. I think they are being empowered from that start. And seeing role models like you. What? And seeing role models like you, because they can see you in Parliament, they know that it's possible. Uh, yeah, even now, when I'm at home, I try by all means to visit different schools, just to talk to women, just to call, talk, talk to children, even to boys, just to encourage them, just to encourage them to allow their, their wives, even when they, they marry, after marrying, they should encourage their women to be leaders. Yeah, like my husband did. I'm proud of him. Yeah, he allowed me to join politics because he knew me. She knew. He knew my strength. Yeah, it's a good partnership. And lastly, as we close our conversation today, we are in Africa Month. Could you share a few words of wisdom that you'd like to pass on to people listening to us on the show? Uh -huh. Everything is, is able when you trust God. I'm a Christian. I am, when faced with difficult moments, I pray. So prayer opens my door, always, on most of the time. So as, as the young generations out there, please, when doing something, please put God first 
everything will be possible, I tell you. Thank you so much for sharing your time, your insights, both from a Lesotho perspective and a broader context with us. It's been a pleasure having you on our show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You have been listening to Womanity, Woman in Unity on Channel Africa, The African Perspective. And we have been talking to Member of Parliament in the Kingdom of Lesotho, as well as the Pan-African Parliament, Mamoipone Senuani. <laughs>